You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by footballstadiumprints.com. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst case Elder scenario for here City for right more. here. And it's stopped! Yes! And it's stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is oh, Oliver! And Justin Oliver will break the scoreless time. Then it is 1-0 Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, the goal. Goal. And it is now 2-0 Minneapolis oh, yes. City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. Hello again, friends. This is the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. I am your host, John, fresh off butchering my solo booth performance for the City 2 match this past weekend. Uh, It's on the internet. You can hear it or don't hear it. Uh, But that will not be happening today as I am joined by my left-hand man, the Nate Morales. Nate, what a blessing to have matches to talk about, finally. Yes, I am celebrating, John. It has been, uh, it's been a great, great week, great weekend. Uh, great week anticipating another another big weekend it's just gonna this is the summer the summer is here the mm-hmm. the masks are off this is gonna be uh things are things are looking things are looking up man everything's looking city from that from now on and that's that's pretty cool yeah, uh we've got excited. we've got so much city action to talk about today uh of course the recaps of last weekend's matches mini mc2 versus inter minneapolis as well as minneapolis city versus the sioux falls thunder and then we're going to preview the upcoming weekend's matches in minneapolis city versus dakota fusion as well as mc2 versus fc minneapolis a lot of minneapolis going on in this tonight but uh, only half of it is good so here we go why wait let's dive in okay so friends we finally got the band back together last weekend at the nelly that's edor nelson field at the home of Augsburg University, if, if you're not familiar. We call it the Nelly around here. Um, it, 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 it seemed like forever since we've played soccer. Um, and, and for me, the 160-plus fans that, that paid to get in. 197. Felt, 197. So, okay, yep. good. Good to confirm. It fe- felt like 10,000 <laughs> to me when I was there. Like <laughs> I know. Like, it was a- actual people – together watching actual soccer again as Minneapolis City 2 made their debut match in the UPSL Midwest Conference West Division. That's a mouthful to say. Yep. Uh, taking on fellow newcomer, Inter-Minneapolis FC. Why don't you dive in, Nate, as you're going to yeah. be leading this one? You know what's funny is like how fast, how fast the adjustment has been where I think just like two months ago, if I saw – 200 people together i would be like no what are you doing oh you are awful (laughs) and now it's like those days are so far behind already in my mind that like i I expected to have so much anxiety around returning to returning to crowds and now i'm just like bring it breathe on me i don't care yeah can you imagine like (laughs) if if we were if, if if it was like december and we just rolled in to like an indoor facility and there were 197 people there. I'd be like, you'd be like, I gotta go. I'm going to, this is awful. 
I'm like, I'm wearing a mask, but you're getting COVID and you're getting COVID and you're getting COVID. I guess we're just, we're basically just um, essentially, you know, in the wake of being the most vaccinated state. We're like, fuck it. We're back to, we're getting there, people. Let's play some fucking soccer. I was gonna say the state fair is the is the motivator, but soccer is gonna be the real the real beneficiary for me this summer. So that's 100%, awesome. One hundred percent. So starting lineup for MC two, and this is something we talked about last week as a possibility. We had uh, we have Mitch Wolf in net, and of course that is he was he stayed behind, did not travel to Sioux Falls, and decided to uh, instead get some minutes in on the on the UPSL side. Uh, it ha- Axos Jim Duggan. It's actually Connor Axos, right? Uh, it's actually Axos. It's a long O. I asked him about it because I put oh. it all the whole time. Yeah, so Axos like, Jim Duggan. I like Axos better. All right. Uh, Will Orser, Ethan Anderson, and uh, the guy that I keep <laughs> – it's like Shades of Kevin Hoof. His last name is Hoofed, and I'm like, yeah, you, oh, so you, got, you got Hoofed. You got Hoofed. It's like so close, uh, but it's Josh Hoofed. Uh, he, he, he was the captain on the day. We're on defense. He was. He, he played yeah. well. Of course, we had Samo Ruiz Plaza, another Minneapolis City uh, NPSL player who opted to stay behind. Jacob Popkin in the midfield, along with Abdi Kadi. Uh, and then on the wing, we had Abai Habat. We had Zach Susi. And up top, Josue Batuli. That was, a, you know, like I, like I had tweeted out in the game day, like a nice mix of experienced Minneapolis City players, some vets mm-hmm. like Samo. And, uh, and and some newcomers. We had the sprinkling of the futures in even in the starters with Popkin and Susie. Uh, and then on the bench, Ben Schleeman, Mutu, Scotty Heinen, Esteban Badillo, Jesse Juarez, Cole Schwartz, and Logan McGee. And we had talked about this with Pronti. We had talked about this just between you and me, that this really would be the big job of the day is how do you get guys that play across three different Minneapolis city generations, we'll call them to play together in one unit. And uh, it was, I guess the first test of the season for Prunty and company. And from the outset, I would say it was clear that it was going to be a physical. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of fouls. Inter, inter Minneapolis, definitely bigger in the midfield than Minneapolis city Uh, city drew a lot of fouls and even a yellow card in dangerous areas twice in the first 15 minutes. Like that was a pretty big deal. You mean the phantom red card? (laughs) That that was funny. The guy reached into the wrong pocket, pulled out the red accidentally and everyone started freaking out. He did it twice, (laughs) not once, but twice. (laughs) He's just a little antsy, you know, return to soccer is is different for everyone. All right. I hope he's listening. We're going to break it down for him here. Cheddar in the top pocket, red card in the back pocket. He just said his cards. So what every ref does. Come on. <laughs> uh, I would say, John, we should have had a goal in the ninth minute, too. Like, we should have had a real early goal. Uh, nice cross into Joe Sway, but his open, like, wide open header, he got way higher than anyone else. And uh, and it just soared between the uprights. So that was a little bit of a disappointment. And, of course, as tends to happen with a slow city start, Inter strikes mm-hmm. first in the 15th minute. Uh, the physical game really did have MC2 chasing a little, and I'll say repeatedly, like just when we had possession, momentum building up the field, Inter would pounce and really boss our smaller guys off of the ball in the midfield, which left defenders open on the counter because the defenders are moving up, moving up to to support and to maintain that higher line, and they got uh, they got turned 
quite a few times. And one of those counters found Michael Levine one-on-one against Mitch, and we were down 0-1 to 15 minutes in. I, I don't know, John. This was, to me, it, it wasn't that big of a sinking feeling just knowing how many chances we had already had and that there's our, you know, one of their guys was already on a yellow that like this game yeah. really didn't feel decided yet, but it was a little disheartening to see Inter score so uh, decisively so early. Right. Especially because like the, the style of play that coach Van Benskoten wants for the program that is trickling down into city two and into the futures in the 11 aside that they've, they've been, they've been playing in, you know, they just came off a, a big three, two win over Minnesota United's development or MLS next Academy, whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, but it's a very possession focused style of play, keeping the ball, being patient. And you saw a city trying to do that and they were successful at it. It just, they couldn't break through with that final pass. Right. And you're, you're right. The bigger, more physical inner Minneapolis team um, ended up on that goal specifically, it was a series of like five, six passes. And then the ball went into Abdi Kadi with his, with, you know, with, with not knowing what's behind him. Didn't even get a, didn't even get a touch on it. I thought he got fouled. Um, but uh, I think it was um, Abdi Ishmael, the captain of inner Minneapolis stripped the ball off him. And then the center backs were so wide from keeping possession that they weren't able to recover. And, and Levine was in one V one. And, and yep. I mean, Outside of that, the, the the up until that point, it was Minneapolis City combines on five, six passes, doesn't complete the final pass. Inner Minneapolis had a very fast back line that was very physical, and, and I thought they did a great job. Um, they would intercept and go long to Levine. And it, yep. it, there was, it never went through the midfield until like late into the second half. But in the first half, it was like one pass, long to Levine two passes long to Levine and you saw that's how the goal was scored. It was just yep. getting the ball and, and going direct with it. Long through ball. Exactly. But MC two struck back 20 minutes later uh, after I would say three, at least three more set pieces off of fouls in dangerous yeah. areas and a great individual effort from, from Zach Susi who tested the tested the keeper from short range and a weird angle. Um, there, there was a strange high kick call in the box. Yeah. I think that meant an indirect free kick from inside the penalty area. I've never seen that in adult soccer, John. Sorry, you caught me taking a sip of my, my drink there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I even, I even say it on, on the broadcast. I was like, that, I, not, eat, not one single player threw their hands up and screamed to high heavens that there was a, that was a, a, an infringement. Everyone was just kind of playing and the referee called it. And then you get the set piece where it's like, it's too close in to take anything direct at goal. So yep. I don't know. I don't know who had the time to draw up that play, but essentially they just tucked Susie and Will Orser to the back post and everyone lost of her inner lost sight of those guys. And the ball goes into Susie. Will Orser peels off. He flips a, a, a four yard pass into Will Orser and the game's tied. Yeah, which is which was great to see. And Susie, uh, big call up, making another, another, uh, another big play. Right, this kid, this kid scores goals. He he assists, and he can make some he can make some guys look look bad in one on one situations. So that was that was Susie kind of Lucy fun baby. He is Lucy <laughs> in MC two C. All right, in, this, <laughs> in the oh, second Jesus half, <laughs> second half, John Coach Prunty made an adjustment to address that size issue. Cole Schwartz comes in 
for Abdi. And uh, and I think that meant Josue dropped a little deeper into midfield. So our front three were uh, were Abai, Cole, and, and Zach. And then actually he, played... he moved Abai to the 10 and oh, Josue, out, okay. Josue out wide. Okay. And uh, and I thought that was interesting. And then soon after that, Scott Heinen replaced Josue. So I think that was – and I think that was the move, right? Scott Heinen was uh, very impressive in his time. Lively, lively. Really fast, really lively, um, looking really dangerous in the box, whether he was trying to shoot or able to able to lay off and find, and find someone that was in a nice position. And that is how we got our second goal. Um, you know, you could – I think Cole – Heinen and Susie across the front. Suddenly, City had offensive life. We had creativity in the end. Um, Heinen finds Cole. Cole finds his way past the keeper to give City a really brief lead before Levine snatches the point back and ties it up almost immediately. And that's it. Game ends 2-2. Two to two. I would see a good first competitive test for MC2 that really, I think, should give the players and Coach Prunty a good idea of the kind of league we're in. I'm reminded of so many years ago. <laughs> When we were when we were watching Minneapolis City in the early PLA days, like what just a team of young talent really gonna trying to get a feel for what the league holds, right? Like what kind of play, mm-hmm. what kind of play uh, dominates this this division, the Midwest West or whatever it's called. Um, what kind of players are able to are on these teams locally, and mm-hmm. kind of where our guys fall into that fall into that mix is, is going to be one of the, one of the interesting narratives of this UPSL season. Yeah. I would say decent start a bevy of chances uh, that were not converted. And it feels kind of like a letdown to only get one point, um, but they didn't drop all three. So that that's good. That, that's a good first start. Got some points. Like you said, felt, felt out the league. It's pretty much going to be very direct um, very physical. And I think that's going to help these younger players prepare them for whatever they're doing after they're with us. Um, so I, I think they're, you know, you know, with making the sign of the cross here, as long as everyone stays healthy, uh, the, the players really will benefit from it, especially when you get guys like Popkin and Susie up there, like they're, they're younger kids, you know, and, and this is their test of playing against grown men versus playing against kids or players, their own age. I thought inner striker, Michael Levine. I accidentally slipped up and called him Zach Levine a couple times on the broadcast. So apologies <laughs> to you, Michael. Um, I thought he had a big day, a lot of work to do uh, for him as the game plan. Like I mentioned, looked like direct up top, pumping into him oftentimes solo to create as many chances as possible. And in, you know, in 90 minutes, he delivered nearly missing the hat trick, but went home with two goals and that, that backbreaker to, to draw the game level again, immediately after city scored was it, that one's a tough one to swallow, yeah. but it was a, it, it was an unmarked, he was unmarked on a, on a cross and that's on the, the city defense to, to clean that up. Rounding out the roster with full-time rostered players is going to, I think, really help include some depth at some positions that Prunty can, can use mm-hmm. where the, the team on Saturday needed, needed to go down into the futures and, and provide, you know, some help. And I, I really do think that a week of training will do this team really good. And coach Prunty will no doubt close some of those gaps with the players that I know have come in since, since the college season has ended. So I, I really do think that you're going to see a, a little bit of a different look in game two versus FC Minneapolis, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, but first, first impressions, happy. 
not yeah. it's not ecstatic, but happy. You know, points yeah. points were points were gathered. No one was injured. We know what we know what to expect. I believe that Inter Minneapolis is going to be one of the tougher teams in the conference. So we'll we'll see. We will see. So Last we, week uh, we went over some keys to victory. Let's uh, let's see how we did. Let's line it up. So first one was tampering the nerves. I thought. Uh, we'll give that we'll give that one a B minus. I think that you could tell the team was a little bit nervous. Um, first time back playing soccer again in front of yeah. in front of in front of fans. It, it's just a different atmosphere, and you know, like we said, 190 whatever felt like 10,000. So they must have been a little bit juiced up, and you can kind of tell in the in the lead up as guys were lining up in the in the tunnel. Just a lot of uh, a lot of wide eyes. I guess you could say, but I thought they, they did good. We'll give that one a B minus uh, living up to expectation. They thought we felt down there. The expectation for putting on the city Jersey is that three points come home or stay home. We didn't get that. But then again, they, they, they put up a fight and, you know, we'll call it shorthanded because the college guys aren't back. And I don't think inner has many college players. So, um, you know, the opportunity for them to live up to expectation was there. And I think all of the chances that were missed, you know, the two free headers that Joe Sway had have to go in at, at least yeah. one of them, you know, got to, you got to have a 50% ratio on that, especially when you're unmarked. Um, I thought Cole Schwartz had a couple chances too. He could have buried um, Scotty Heinen had one. Uh, you got hoped. He had one too. Yeah. You know, just a lot of opportunity. I thought Samuel could have pulled the trigger from deep having the goalie kind of caught and one caught going one way and he could have maybe slotted one in uh, going the other way. But, you know, at the end of the day, it, it was a good match. We didn't live up to expectations, but we did. Oh, we did. Okay. Uh, will the brotherhood be the difference? I, I was actually very impressed with the cohesiveness from a possession based soccer perspective on how all these guys came together. So mm-hmm. I'll give that one an A because I thought that they really tried to put the ball down on the ground and play. It was just that continuity and, and understanding the runs in the final third that let, let the team down. And that'll come with time. And I, I think that, that they did a really good job of, of – I mean, the possession was probably 80-20, right? Like, it was yeah. – it, it wasn't even close. I mean, the, the build-up play, I don't think Inter strung more than five passes together where City at times was like seven, eight, nine, ten passes. Like, moving the, moving the, the position of the field they were kind of trying to attack with. Connor Connor Axos I thought was fantastic in his overlapping runs like they were they were playing attractive fun to watch soccer just couldn't finish couldn't finish well John while Minneapolis City 2 uh, was kicking off here at home all the way across the prairie the NPSL team was also gearing up uh, in the in the cold rainy cow pasture that was uh yankton <laughs> yankton park field or whatever the heck it was called uh, minneapolis city versus sioux falls always an interesting matchup when it's this early in the season from a weather perspective from a roster perspective from um and this is this is a this is one that lived up to it man like this is no <laughs> this was no different definitely an interesting way for minneapolis city to start the season uh but nonetheless quite a successful way Fun, fun fact about Yankton Park. Uh, a, a young 15-year-old Bizworm once traveled to Olympic Development Regional Camp there for a week. And uh, that was, that was uh, the year that Demarcus Beasley was my teammate. on Bees! <laughs> the Beezer was on, uh, on my ODP team, the regional team that year. Um, anyways, so I'm familiar, with the, I'm familiar with the place. I did not go. So what I'm going to be describing here in a few seconds is secondhand knowledge from the game recap 
from someone who was at the game and from some players and coaches. So was not able to make the trip up there, newsflash, because I was at home calling the game for City 2. So starting lineups were goal, uh, goalkeeper Matt Elder uh, across the back line, Abdallah Ba, who was a, um, a late a late addition because uh, City captain Aaron Olsen was, a, was an injury scratch, couldn't make it. So Abdallah Ba slid into the left back spot. That, what that did was it paired Jonah Garcia with Charlie Adams in the midfield or in, in the back line. And then Matt Mirakami on the other side, central defensive midfield wise, uh, Ian Smith made his return to city after a two, we'll call it a two year break, Max Stewart, Arthur parents. So the same midfield you saw against Karen and then Justin Oliver, Will Kidd on the wings and Mito Yusuf up top. And then your game changers, we're not going to call them subs anymore, Nate. We're going to call them game changers. Oh, your okay. game changers were uh, Troy Luegi backing up Elder, Dominic uh, Mesjian, Javier Juarez, Gato, the cat, the cat, or just cat, mm-hmm. uh, Lionel Vang, Mark Bokeen, and Miles Stockman Willis. So, Mike, you mentioned uh, some interesting things from a, from a playing service perspective. It didn't take long in the season, considering it was the first game for the interesting in quotation mark things to be thrown at us. <laughs> the typical location where this game has been played for years on the hot ass turf in Sioux Falls at Sioux Falls university was substituted for Yankton soccer park out in the middle of literally nowhere. I, like I said, I've been there. It's in the middle of nowhere uh, where both teams took to action in the sleety afternoon, early evening on an uneven grass field. It looked like garbage in the pictures. Everyone who was there said it was, it, it basically resembled what the team looked at when it, they said it was comparable to the barnyard at South high school before it was turfed. And oh, wow. that was, that was bad. So the club, <laughs> The club was basically back to its original roots, playing on a shit surface in rainy weather. So it shades of the PLA, Nate. That's how we began. So before we even get into the action, that's where we started from. And it's a little disappointing because you look at four months of training and you have to throw it all out the window and grind out a win in a, in a, a I believe maybe a purposeful uh, gamesmanship um, decision by Sioux Falls to try to maybe catch us on on some some bullshit but you think so i I mean you never know i mean i would do it if it were me so (laughs) if they weren't thinking of it now they look like geniuses well maybe not but at the beginning of the game they look like geniuses so we started things off um you know interesting but but you know that's where we started but what we've seen in the past especially with low numbers making the trip to Sioux Falls, very much so a trap game. City in the past folds and and gets lucky to get out alive with maybe just a point or potentially dropping all three. But not this this year, Nate. Not this city. (laughs) Uh, Not this city. Uh, To credit credit the players and the staff who, like I said, have been training for at least four months on a flat surface, whether it be grass or turf, something that's actually flat and playable. Um, You know, that... it needs to be noted that, that they really had to throw the plan out the window and scrap out. And they did so and pulled out a three zero clean sheet victory for their first uh, game in 2021 in the North conference. So this is kind of teeing it up folks um, with the inability to connect on passes that game. It took until about the 15 minute mark for both teams to kind of figure things out and city specifically to collect themselves. Cause what they were trying to do from what I heard was, play possession base and just wasn't working like balls were fizzing out of bounds because the surface was wet guys couldn't connect connect passes 
first touches were heavy, all sorts of, you know, all the bullshit that happens when you're just not, <laughs> you're not expecting it. It all happened. Um, but the, at the 15 minute mark was when Justin Oliver was sprung loose on a little bit of an individual effort uh, going one V one, which is what he likes to do, paying back defenders um, going against the, the Thunder back line only to produce what must've been kind of a frozen foot attempt shot at Cole that kind of lazily went into uh, the, the waiting arms of our, our good buddy Lopez in, in that. So that was really the only action um, in the first you know quarter of an hour that uh, that was able to actually you know be reported on but things from that point on got even sloppier for both sides as the half kind of grew on where at the at, but at the half hour mark a series of missteps from the usually steady central three of parents Steve Wirton Smith saw a giveaway in a bad spot and induced a, a 2v1 counter and that and that took a fantastic effort from defender Matt Murakami to intercept the cross into the box via the diving header um, and Elder was kind of kind of frozen and and he was really the saving grace that and it could have been one nothing to the Thunder at that point so that was the best chance on the day for the Thunder they had a couple other half chances uh, Tyler Limmer got in behind Abdallah Ba a few times and uh really didn't produce produce anything of substance but the real excitement of the match came in the 44th minute just before halftime the whistle was about to blow when thunder center midfielder and son of owner of the new ownership in sioux falls brennan Haggerty was sent off with a straight red card for a serious studs up challenge on city all-time leading goal scorer will kid the left kid in a heap and and we know will kid he doesn't go down very easy um he fights. He was in a heap on the ground, and uh, I saw it on Monday at the at training. He has six stud marks across his thigh, so it was definitely a Whoa. reckless challenge. Yeah, but he was able to recover. But the Thunder was not. And 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 honestly, Nate, coming from a player's perspective, there's only two things that could happen in at the end of a half, specifically the first half, that are catastrophic. One is a red card, and the other is giving up a goal right before halftime. And we saw one of those catastrophic things happened. So they go into the break and um, just before the second frame down a man. So with a and not base- only that, like down one of the, one of the guys that really is a key to their team. He's a veteran yeah. player for Sioux Falls. He is one of the more skilled kids on that team. And he's, mm-hmm. he's gone. Mm-hmm. Caught me drinking my drink again. Again, sorry. Uh, so, <laughs> so, anyways, new new year, new city with a new lease on life uh, on the situation. Coach Van Benscoten kind of collected the team's thoughts and and changed everything tactically. And the Crows came storming into the second half. And shortly after seeing uh, seeing what what kind of the Thunder's plans were to account for that loss of Haggerty in the 54th minute, uh, Coach Van Benscoten brought it on former Augsburg. In 2019, Mayak Player of the Year and All-American, Division Three All-American, Lionel Vang into the fray in an attempt to get more kind of additional one-on-one uh, talent onto the field. Lionel's very good, you know, and he's very shifty, very quick with his feet, and and really basically looking at it as a situation where it's like, hey, we're not going to be able to pass through this, so we're going to have to have guys do individual stuff. So he brought Vang on um, with, you know, like I said, with an attempt to get more attacking options in um, on top of the front three. And it paid off almost immediately as Vang beat a defender and slotted the ball into a streaking wheel kid who then found Justin Oliver finding Mito Youssef streaking back posts on a tap in. And the visitors were up finally one nothing. And if you were counting at home, all four of the front players for City combined for that first goal. So tactically paid off. 
So nice. like you were like you were saying, you know, last week and into this week, being able to travel with a full roster really allowed MVB to be able to make an actual tactical adjustment instead of just being like, hey, any asshole can can play whoever's here, you know. So as the game grew on, finally, finally seeing the game out, um, <clears throat> Thunder really re- had never really had anything in the second half. Um, you know, down by a man, substitute Abdallah Bach came off. Miles Sackman Willis came on, made his return his return to the club after some time away. Found a bouncing ball, slotted it home, curls up three to the good, and ready to get the fuck out of Dodge and with maximum points and a clean sheet. <laughs> what well, is, oh, John? Uh, I, I forgot oh, to mention um, in the sixty seventh minute. I, I totally forgot to capture this. Um, Justin Oliver was making a uh, a, a run onto a fifty fifty ball when like out of nowhere came like a clumsy defender, not really able in the situation to control his body and his jaw hit Justin's forehead and sliced it open, sending Justin to the, uh, sending Justin to the hospital to get stitches, which brought Mark Bokeen on. Um, yeah, I totally didn't recap the second goal here. <laughs> I was like, wait, where did, the, where did the second goal come from? Yeah. Sorry about the- that folks. <laughs> it just hasn't been my week. We'll just say that. Um, so Bokeen came on in his first action with the club and three minutes later, uh, it, the, it looked like another MVB stroke of genius. Bokeen picked the ball up from a defender about 60 yards away from net and went on an individual Maisie run for, for 60 yards, beating a bevy of players. And then he was able to find Will Kidd uh, on the back post for another tap it. So um, that, that's how the second goal happened. So sorry. Yep. Continue. So goals, Continue. goals from goals from Yusuf goals from, kid off of a bokeen individual effort and uh and miles stockman willis our old friend yep tapping in the third what was it that do do you know what it was that coach matt saw that sioux falls the way that sioux falls were adjusting to the loss of of haggerty that that told him it was right to put vang in to and to to pretty much set our attackers up for more one-on-one situations well, I mean the bar for Stockman Willis change. I don't. I mean, like, I mean, like Lionel Vang coming on. I mean, like, right, why right. choose Bokeen? Well, I think that starting off with the the Stockman Willis for Ba sub, that was probably honestly like a Ramadan <laughs> switch from sure. a guy who was brought was not supposed to be in the starting lineup, was supposed to come off the bench, having to start and play like seventy minutes. Um, I think he was just out of gas. But the yeah. other the other substitutes you're talking about in in um, Do- Dominic Mesjin made his his debut with the club as well, and a few others came off the bench. Um, but specifically, the two you're asking, Bokeen for Oliver was was a planned sub beforehand. That was kind of in the in the game script to come on. And and Mark's just that game changer. Like the dude does not give a fuck what situation he's in, who he's facing. He just goes out and does his job. And Mm -hmm. in that sloppy type of game, you need that guy who in the 60, 70, 80th minute can come on and throws everything that he's been sitting on the bench washing (laughs) to the wind and is like, all right, let's go score a goal. And, and that's what he was looking for from a game changing perspective with Bo Keen. I think the Vang piece at, at the, just shortly after halftime was, was realistically looking at Arthur parents is more, he can be more individual and beat guys one V one. But that's not his strength. Where Lionel can can 
can dig in and 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 make tur- turn a defender into a statue with sure. with his foot with his footwork and in, in sloppy conditions the likelihood of you being able to to string four or five passes together is not is not happening but the but maybe what can happen is someone using that trickery and and some foot some individual foot skills to beat a defender in a spot where you can actually create a chance closer to goal and i think that's why the, the switch was made so sloppy weather sloppy day i think it sounds like that first 45 minutes was one that really both teams wanted back for various reasons right but it mm-hmm. but a refocused city comes off or comes on after the half and sioux falls didn't really have much of a chance from there down to 10 men um crappy well, day <laughs> with not a, not a ton of answers right we, yeah. You and I have talked about it for a few weeks, but one thing on display here uh, was the benefit of City's deep bench. So rather than than just like whoever could travel being at his disposal, right? MVB was able to act to make actual tactical subs mm-hmm. uh, on this long road trip, and it paid off. Like you said, Bokeen, a wily replacement for Oliver's speed, uh, Stockman Willis on for Ba. I think specifically on that last sub, yeah, it was it was a necessity based on energy level uh, but I think it's a particularly dangerous arrow to have in your quiver like both defenders add to the city attack in different ways and that's something that really sucks for opposing coaches to plan for I'm sure like when you know that Ba can take yeah. those long shots uh, can cut in and take those long shots and when you know that Willis is a converted striker like <laughs> yeah though <laughs> that's just an extra that's just an extra piece of that's just an extra piece of weaponry that city has that just gets replaced with another weapon. Yeah. I think what, what, it, what the, 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 the CD undertone here of what you're trying to get at as well is that when you look at other teams across our conference, they might only be able to go 13 deep, 14 deep with very strong players and like for like substitutions mm-hmm. where the depth that we have across three different program levels of talent we can have at our disposal situational players that can come off the bench and either make the situation stronger or are or literally a like for like sub and i think that there's not a lot of teams in the in in at our level of soccer who could do that i think you the only ones you throw into the mix across the country that i think can do that at at our level are people like the bavarians and harpos Interesting. Interesting. Well, all in all, John, I think a hard fought uh, city trip. The, you know, Sioux Falls is never a cakewalk, but it's nice to start the season with what I would call a convincing W. Yeah, I would, I would too. I would too. So last week we checked in on some keys to victory. Let's see, let's line them up, see how we did. First one, same as the, same as the key to victory for the MC2 team. Yeah. Tampering the nerves. I thought we're going to give an A plus for this one. Because Ooh. the nerves plus the the shitty field situation change, the weather, like all of those are excuse makers. And in the past, we would have made those excuses and been like, well, we tied our first game. Considering that literally two full seasons ago, throwing out last year, we went into this exact same situation, albeit on a better playing surface. And we came away with a draw. And then we went undefeated <laughs> after that. Um, yep. but, but I thought that, a lot of excuses could have been made. Um, you know, guys could have could have gotten their heads down, gotten taken out of the game because of the situation. They did not. They looked as if, you know, they, they were trying to figure out ways to make it work on the day with some of those adjustments. 
and and some of the 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 messaging that the coaching staff was providing the players mm-hmm. really did really did they really did dig in and and just grind out a victory on the road. It's, it's not easy to win in Sioux Falls, and I don't think a lot of people really <laughs> realize that. So number two, 13 guys no more. I think we just covered that one. Being able to make those tactical subs is huge for not only the team but the uh, the the coaching staff to be able to to look at look a, along the bench and go outside of Troy going up top. Um, we have options here. So um, actually. <laughs> yeah. Two years ago, James Nair was our backup goalkeeper, was our only substitute in Sioux Falls, and he yep. literally came on to play striker. So you're seeing, yeah, <laughs> yes, they had the players that went all played and all contributed. So 13 guys, no more, A plus. Uh, act like reigning champions, another A. I, I think that you don't come out of that game without that championship mentality to grind it out and to be willing to throw the game plan out and, and light it on fire basically. And, and just forget everything you worked on just to win a game where in the past we would have probably leaned more towards just trying to figure out how to make our style work. So yeah. I think that, that we definitely, you know, we, we acted like champions and whether it was intentional or not, you know, Sioux Falls put up a fight, but they ran into what a top, MPSL team looks like in game one. Well, John, uh, one win under our belt. Hopefully another one coming right up this weekend. The Crows host, uh, <laughs> the Crows will come home to roost against the Dakota Fusion. God damn it. Nate. See what I did there? And their mega bus. <laughs> uh, at least I hope that, I hope the Fusion still have their bus. Cause you know, I don't know. Time times tough, have dude. been tough. Yeah. Who knows if the bus is still around, it could have been liquidated for assets. Uh, but anyway, Dakota gets back on that hopeful bus for the second time in as many weeks. And I don't think this trip is going to turn out any better than last week's visit uh, of theirs to Joy Athletic. Like, we've been, we've been spending a few months wondering, like, what are some of these teams going to look like that depended used to depend a lot on, on foreign players and boarding players? And last week answered maybe some of those questions for us around what kind of team they would field. Like, we watched, you and I watched that live stream it looks like this year's Dakota squad made up of a lot of NAIA players, local. No Bell Julesies this year. This is what I'm saying. Gone is the golden boot winner, Jay Johnson, right? And other familiar names from 2018, 2019. Isaac, Isaac the Kenna. whole Bell Julesy family gone. Yeah. Uh, for instance, looking at their roster, I think I recognize maybe I recognize three players from, from calling from calling the games. And that, that those are Hartrick Tar. Uh, Fies Musa and Aaron Pike. Otherwise, there's a chance that this team is net new. Yeah, it pretty much is. Uh, I want to mention Pike real quickly. The guy's a very good soccer player. He's super yeah. fun to watch. Like he he's he ended up uh, scoring the only goal in that Joy game, um, which I believe you're going to talk a little bit about here in a second. But yeah, um, he he's their he's their talisman this year. And in the past, it was guys like Jay Johnson, Isaac Kenna. Uh, Zuhir Alabasi, who was with us for for a number of seasons, um, but Pike's that next line of the the guy that they're kind of leaning on to to do something, <laughs> and uh, specifically do something on the road. And I, I was super impressed with him, and definitely a player that we want to we want to keep an eye on come Friday, come come tomorrow, today, come tomorrow. whenever you're listening to it. Yeah. So like you said, he only scored he scored that one goal. Dakota fell four to one uh, to Joy to the expansion Joy Athletic. The glimpse that we that we got of their attacking potential in Pike was overshadowed by 
defensive lapses. I'm sure Joy is going to tout their own attacking prowess in this win, but at least two of those Joy goals came off of some fairly serious mistakes by Dakota defenders. In both cases, defenders looked like they were following the – I mean, basic, like, middle school stuff. Like, defenders were following the ball, not the player, and they got beat. Like, I I only see it getting worse against what I would consider a much more dynamic and active front three to four of Minneapolis City. I mean, that first goal by Whitney Brown, really nice finish, but the the center back followed the ball deep into the midfield after Mm. Whitney kind of held up play – checked back to his to his number 10 and the guy fell for it and Witt just had to make a turn and he was he was in alone uh, yeah was, and I, oh, sorry go ahead I was just gonna say and then on, on, I think it was the third joy goal where uh that Emmanuel Iwe found uh found the I guess he was the right back and the center back like Mark way Hunter, out of position we found like what what, what, what the slot he had a goal and assist right yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, I, uh, yeah. I think that the the one thing to to layer on top of what you're saying, and I, I echo what you're saying 100. percent But all of the joy goals were coming from the defenders backpedaling off on their heels, and there yeah. was joy offered no defensive high line of pressure, and that's something that City deploys. And I, I think that you're right, like. With the, the, not only the dynamic movement of the front three, but their their willingness to be active defensively could cause some fits for the back line that we watched on tape. Yeah, I think so. On the attacking side for Dakota, my spies on the ground say that Dakota had, had one approach, and that's gather possession in the midfield, dish to the wings, try to get a cross in. Off the ball, they weren't pressing high. They're opting to reset their lines and hope that their mm-hmm. midfielders and their defense can can do the job. And and get the ball moving forward again through their same through their same method, and uh, obviously didn't quite work that well against against the fledgling Joy Athletic. Um, hopefully, once again, it will not work against Minneapolis City. Yeah, I mean, I I see some similarities in how Joy wants to play to what we tried to do. I, I think that they're, they're definitely more comfortable in trying to build as a unit versus uh-huh, uh-huh. going direct. Um, but if we saw, and we've seen anything in the MPSL North direct soccer wins games in the North. Yeah. <laughs> and we just saw, or didn't see if you weren't there in South Dakota, Minneapolis city just showed that they can find ways to win. And whether it's being direct and, and figuring out that way, or, Hopefully what we're going to see on Friday this week is, is breaking teams down with a possession-based style of soccer uh, like Joy Athletic did. I think um, Dakota's going to have their hands full, but you never know. You just never know. I, I, I was quoted in, the, um, in, in this week's you know, pregame write-up that uh, was sent out today to season ticket holders and folks on our email list. I, I said the same thing. Like you, do, you from year to year, you just never know with some of these teams on who they're going to bring in. You can speculate, but like you're saying, you recognize three names. We recognize what four from from uh, Thunder last week. Yep. Like, you just never know, and and on any given day, that long ball, and you're not paying attention, it can it can bite you. But we do have keys to victory today uh, for the match. I think number one is dial it in from the first whistle. Last week is over. This is a new week, new challenge. 
Um, everything's new. And, and like I said, as we know in the, in the North, you can't anticipate anything. So city really has to stick to their plan and don't worry about who you're playing. I think that that's going to be a common theme for every week. Like don't care who you're facing, go worry about you and figure out ways how you can win and not worry about what everyone else is doing. Number two is the introduction of some new faces. Newcomer Mito Youssef had a pretty good debut um, as did Mark Bokeen. Mito Youssef had a goal and assist. Mark Bokeen had an assist. But look for some other fresh faces that uh, were unable to make the trip that I think will be added to an already strong uh, 18 game day roster um, that uh, that did the job in Sioux Falls for Coach Ben Ben Scoten. That he'll have some some other potential players to 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 throw in the mix and maybe some players that were playing for City too. So that it's going to be hard to game plan from a Dakota perspective, not being able to watch video and 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 seeing the the names on the roster sheet that might change based off of who we're playing at the given time. Number yep. three, will a proper pitch be the difference? We are back at home, folks. So excited. I wish it was tomorrow, <laughs> right now. Um, we know what to expect from the field. We won't be out on some bullshit cow pasture in the middle of the country. So look for the team to get back in the style of play. Like I mentioned that they want to play. We've been working on it for four months. It's super fun to watch. You've seen it in action a little bit going to, going to training. We did our live show there. But yeah. I'm telling, I'm telling you, when it's clicking, it's it's beautiful to watch. It's exciting to watch, and the goals just pump in. So I'm hoping that uh, the the pitch will be the difference. <laughs> You'd hope. <laughs> I wish you were Christmas today, John. Yeah. I think was that? I think is or the, Hanukkah think is, for our Jewish friends. Uh huh. I think is uh, that's the lyric. But uh, you know, that's not the only bit of action this weekend. Uh, it looks like I thought it was Saturday, but then it was earlier Saturday and now it's not Saturday at all. It's Sunday. Uh, next match for city two has a day and time change. Sounds like we're going to be heading back up to the friendly confines of Osseo high where the club is still undefeated by the way, to take on FC Minneapolis 5 PM Sunday, the 16th. What's up with that? Just more fucking bullshit, dude. I don't, you're going to make me angry. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's just stupid shit. Like you don't send an email saying that the facility is not available. When, you, how, how many months do you have to plan? Whatever. I'm not going to get into it. Um, but anyways, we're able to have more adversity thrown at us, but we'll figure it out. Anywho, uh, FC Minneapolis has been around the UPSL since its inception in, in the region, but they were really created out of the mind of founder and current club captain Ian Sendy. Uh, but they, they, they really have been a well-traveled club from a league perspective they were founded in 2013. They participated in the MRSL, the Minnesota Recreational Soccer League, much like Inner Minneapolis was um, before they, they moved in to the, the UPSL this year. Um, during the summer of 14, that's when they, they were in the MRSL, participated in the now defunct American Premier League that was also founded by owner uh, and current captain Ian Cindy as one of the 2015 and 16 members and becoming their first ever champion in 2015. So start a league, Imagine a, that. start a league, be a champion. Yeah. Uh, and that was before teams like Duluth FC, FC Fargo, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota twin stars entered the fray. So before some of the, the heavier hitting teams uh, came into the league. Uh, they were the champion. After that league folded, they operated as an independent club, playing some exhibition matches locally uh, and across the Midwest. I don't remember who they played across the Midwest, but that was what their website said. Then in the spring of 2018, they joined the UPSL, where now we see them, which is where they played since. 
Um, the, if the club sounds familiar, you can hit the Google machine and read all about their interesting attempt to play the Ugandan national team. Uh, the story's over on 55.1. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting read. It involves a, a, a former boxing promoter. It's a whole bunch of weirdness. So go ahead and check that one out, folks. It's, uh, it's fun to read. But what we can expect, pretty much a similar thing that we saw with Inter last weekend from a playing style perspective with more Route 1 direct style soccer. Um, you know, the early goings going to be a lot of fouls probably. Um, yeah. so I think it's going to be kind of the common theme, but, um, you never know. It could be different, but I, I don't anticipate them putting the ball in the deck and, and, you know, and stringing together, you know, five, six, seven passes, um, and trying to build, build attack that way. They're going to go route one. Like I said, um, they currently sit third in the, in the table with one win and one draw zero losses with a one zero win against Rochester FC. I believe that one was on the road, and then they drew one-one against current table toppers, the Brooklyn Knights. Yeah, John. This I remember seeing FC Minneapolis years ago. Uh, I think it was an Open Cup tune-up or something. We did a you did or you did a Stegman's fundraiser at uh, up at National Sports Center. Do you remember that? Yeah, I played in it. <laughs> yeah, the front there was that uh, there was a, it was one of the first Premier Minneapolis. Night. It was like one of the first mini I have free beer in it. That's what it was. And it was one of the first Minneapolis city games ever, I believe. And FC Minneapolis were just shitty, dude. Like <laughs> we thought, I think like inter was big and physical, but I thought they were, and they, and they could play. Like, yes. They, had they were sportsman. Like FC, FC Minneapolis yeah. was just, they, they just played like garbage. Just rolling yeah. around, uh, you know, shit fouls, yelling at the refs constantly. Awful. Yep, yep. I have plenty of things I could say, but don't want to make the UPSL unhappy. So, um, <laughs> so we're gonna go right into the keys of victory, Nate. So yeah. that uh, we're not paying more fines because of something I said. Um, number one, another week of training will definitely help. Unlike the their NPSL brothers, City 2 only has part of their core currently in for the summer as a handful of players are either making their way back in or um, they, they had one session this week, maybe two sessions this week before the match. Um, and are, are, some are still on delay coming home. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you kind of don't know who's going who's gonna to drop down, who's going to come up from the futures. Uh, but that injection of more regulars, some guys that are coming back in are familiar names from the old U23 squad, some new pieces that we've added that are, are on caliber with what we had in uh, with that U23 squad. A lot of guys that are that played college together. So there's some of that continuity coming in already. So it's going to be, it's going to be a different story, I believe. And, and it's, it's going to help. It's absolutely going to help. I think number yeah. two staying with the process, the way that this team kept the ball, like I mentioned and tried to combine, I think was very impressive. Um, you know, trying to switch the point of attack, not succumbing to the long ball. Even when they were down, they weren't really trying to just hit long balls into Batule or into into Schwartz. They created a ton of chances. So stick with that. Just play good soccer, and 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 the goals will come eventually as as the shoot, the the finishing boots get uh, get get finally tied. Um, it's attractive to watch and, and the guys can pull it off and it shouldn't be thrown out uh, in an effort to chase three points on the road. So I, I think that staying with the process, huge one for them. And then mm-hmm. finally, number three, converting on the chances. I don't think this is any news to anyone. I, you know, I, I just noted the style of play coach Prunty prefers the boys to play. It creates those chances both off the wing uh, through the middle, 
like I, I mentioned, Connor Axos just whipping in crosses, Josh Hope whipping in crosses, like the opportunities were there. So yeah. then you look at the conversion and I think we converted on 5% of our chances. That's, that's not good. It's not, it's not good enough. So that needs to be increased if his team wants to continue to climb up the table. So I think those, those three things definitely attainable. And we're looking at potentially our first win for the, uh, the newly minted UPSL squad within the club. Wouldn't it be so, nice? Wouldn't... What, yeah, wouldn't it be nice? Um, so again, the boys head up to Osseo where we're undefeated uh, to face FC Minneapolis at 5 p.m. Sunday the 16th. So don't show up on Saturday. There will not be soccer or there will be something else going on in that field. So go ahead if you want to go check it out. Uh, maybe some lacrosse or something. Uh, so for tickets, <laughs> head on, for tickets, head on over to fcminneapolis.com. Ten bucks. I don't I believe they'll probably throw – they won't be throwing caution to the wind like Minneapolis City is doing, and they'll probably take your cash at the door. So yeah. you can either, you get it ahead of time or probably pay 10 bucks at the door. Probably. Hope to see you there. That should, I mean, should be great. It's always interesting to watch FC Minneapolis, and it's going to be great to see some of our young talent again. Osseo is not that far, so that's great. Uh, that is all for this week's show, folks. Thank you to the new show sponsor, footballstadiumprints.com. If you are like us, you have to have that special gear when you're out and about in the town. You know, the stuff that people are gonna people are gonna ask you a little bit about because it's the drip. It's something yep, because it is, as the kids say, the drip. You're in luck. Footballstadiumprints.com has that hot shit that for sure is gonna get you noticed. And what is better? Minneapolis City fans can head on over to footballstadiumprints.com, check out the new Edor Nelson shirt, print designs, and then use code crows 10 to save 10 percent off of your order that is crows 10 the number one zero and you can rock the home of the crows or any other lesser team i guess uh wherever you go and or wherever you lay your head thanks again to our friends at footballstadiumprints.com and remember footballstadiumprints.com may be an overseas company but know that all u.s orders ship right here from the u.s so there is no additional international shipping charges if giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it is time to give to the club that gives back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game, just like the upcoming summer camps, as well as through the Futures Program Scholarship Fund. Consider a tax-deductible donation to a true city-focused organization. The season is here. Questions are abound. I'm sure that People want to know everything about this team that's about to dominate the NPSL and UPSL. We can answer them. Send us mail. It is easy. Hit us up on Twitter at the people's pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. All questions, comments, and concerns are welcome. And finally, as always, you can hit the club up at MPLS city SC. Thanks for joining us this week. That does it for us. I have been Nate. That was John. So much soccer happening around Minneapolis this weekend. Make sure you get your tickets early and make sure you're getting your fix as the NPSL North champion Crows return to the Nelly. Be there or you got hope. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>